thank our God who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask. Lord, thank you. Philippians chapter 2 is where we're headed. Philippians chapter 2. We're going to verse 12. Verses 12 and 13 from the New International Version of the Holy Scriptures. And here is what it says. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Verses 12 and 13 of Philippians chapter 2. You may be seated. Last week we were in Philippians chapter 2. We were uh, looking at pastoral appreciation. And we borrowed from Paul's words with the sermon, Make my joy complete being of one mind, right, with unity, with humility. And this week, last week I told you I wasn't finished, I was just stopping. But this week, let's head on down to verses 12 and 13, because there is some more there that we need to talk about, and I know that, um, that we don't preach much in the big C church, church in general, we don't preach much about salvation, about being saved, because uh, that's not the, we'd much rather preach sermons, and most of us would much rather hear sermons about God's blessings, and uh, getting stuff, and what we can get out of being saved. But how many of you know that if we never get stuff, somebody's testimony is salvation is enough. All, all the stuff you're going to leave with you, you're going to leave when you go. You're going to leave it with somebody else. <laughs> but salvation Every now and then, we need to stop and take a look at what we have. And this passage of Scripture, which was written to the church at Philippi by the Apostle Paul when he was imprisoned in Rome, it is written to saved people, to sanctified, Holy Ghost-filled people. It sheds some light on what it means to be saved. And I really want to zero in on verse, starting at verse 12 today as I preach from the simple subject, saved, saved. Um, I have said it before, but I do believe that in the body of Christ in 2023, we believe in and practice a salvation 
that isn't worth much. Um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer called it cheap grace. Um, it is the preaching of forgiveness that doesn't require repentance. It's baptism without church discipline. It is communion without confession. It's absolution without personal confession. It's cheap grace. It's grace without discipleship. And more and more it's becoming grace without the cross. And I'm afraid even grace without Jesus Christ. It is the reason, and I promise uh, <laughs> the whole sermon won't be so dark. But it is the reason that we are comfortable with singing and preaching and dancing and shouting from 10.30 to 12 on Sunday and then living any kind of way for the rest of the week. It's the reason, it's the reason that we think we can preach to God's people and take advantage of God's people at the same time. It's... It's the reason we're okay with singing in the choir on Sunday with a hangover. It's the reason we don't have a problem speaking in tongues in church and cussing each other out in the parking lot. There is something wrong with our concept of salvation. I'm trying my best not to cry. What Paul presents in this chapter, uh, usually we stop at around verse 11. But you really got to go on and read the rest. You have to read verses 12 and following. Yes, God has highly exalted Jesus and given him a name which is above every name. Yes, at some point every knee is going to bow. Every, every tongue is going to confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God, our Father. But that's not all that Paul says here. He goes in and on in verse 12 to say, wherefore, that is, uh, therefore, as the NIV puts it, since then... As you have always obeyed in my presence, as you have obeyed when I was with you, when we were together, keep on doing what you've always done, even though we can't be together now. Even though there's not somebody to watch over you every step of the way, keep doing what you know that saved people do. Paul offers that we ought to be obedient in verse 12 and, and, uh, and as obedient, frankly, as Jesus Christ was in verse 8. Paul suggests that there is a humility that leads to obedience. There is a humility that leads to earnestly carrying out instructions, obedience, doing what God says to do. And I want to offer this morning that the salvation that the Bible presents to us is an obedient salvation. Say obedient salvation. Yeah, it is a salvation that can be lived out through obedience. And that's the salvation we're going to take a look at today as we preach from the simple thought, saved. Saved. Listen, uh, 
let me let me veer from my notes for just a second I say it all the time the world's problem with the church is not the songs we sing it's not the clothes we wear the world's problem with the church is hypocrisy that we say one thing and live another Look at what Paul says in the verse. I like how the King James Version puts it. Work out your own salvation. I believe there are a few truths found here in that phrase alone uh, about being saved. Some truths that will illuminate the valuable gift we have in being saved. And if you'll, uh, if you'll allow me, I want to start at the end of that phrase and work backwards. All right, let's start with salvation. Number one, we have, number one, a powerful salvation. A powerful salvation. Soteria in the Greek meaning literally deliverance, preservation, safety. Um, is there anybody in here, anybody watching online now who is just grateful to be saved, to be delivered, to be preserved? The hymnologist Edith Cherry said it like this, oh, to be kept by Jesus. Let's not gloss over that because there is a great significance in reminding ourselves what we have been saved, delivered, and preserved from. I'm telling you, this is a powerful salvation that we have received. First of all, we've been saved from the penalty of sin. That's justification because what Jesus Christ has done at Calvary has saved us from the penalty of sin. It is just as if we have never sinned. We have have redemption through his blood that's what the bible says even the forgiveness of sin I, I don't know about you i am grateful i'm glad to be forgiven we enjoy the removal of guilt because there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in christ who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit and we have been declared righteous that is god calls us righteous based on jesus account he took the sin that was in our account and he replaced it with the righteousness that was in Jesus' account. That, my brothers and sisters, is a powerful salvation. And so although the wages of sin is still death, we will never even see death because the gift of God is eternal life. We have been saved from the penalty of sin. If you know that's you, would you give God some kind of praise? Saved from the penalty of sin. Jesus has paid it all. But not only that, we're being saved from the power of sin. That's sanctification. Salvation is so powerful that sin no longer has dominion over us. We don't serve sin. There was a time when sin gave a command and we obediently followed. There was a time when sin was calling the shots in our lives. There was a time when we were slaves to sin, but no longer sin is no longer our master. Oh, if you're like me, you still sin, but sin doesn't get to control us. Sin doesn't control the man, woman, boy, or girl who is saved by the power of God. Every day we are growing to look more and more like the one who saved us. That, my friends, is sanctification. 
We may not have it all together, but look at somebody, tell them I'm growing. Have you ever stopped to take a look at where you are now versus where you have been? Is there anybody who can see how God is growing you up? <laughs> Some of the stuff that you go through now, if you had gone through it back in the day, it would have been a whole different story. <laughs> but you can see how far the Lord has brought you. I like the way the hymnologist put it. What a wonderful change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. I have light in my soul for which long I have sought since Jesus came into my heart. We have been saved from the penalty of sin. We are being saved from the power of sin and we shall be saved from the presence of sin. That's a powerful salvation. A salvation that was powerful enough to pick us up and turn us around. A salvation powerful enough to clean us up and dress us up and shut us up and stand us up and one day rapture us up. I'm telling you, our salvation is powerful. How powerful is it? I'm glad you asked me. Our salvation is powerful enough to give us a but God testimony. <laughs> I know you can't say amen too loud. But most of us in here have a but God testimony. I was a liar, but God. I was a cheat, but God. I was an adulterer, but God. I was a murderer, but God. I was a drug addict. I was a porn addict, but God. I was a gossip, but God. I was a bigot, but God. I was selfish, but God. Let me move on. Not only is our salvation powerful, but number two, it's a personal salvation. Personal. I won't say a whole lot about it, but when, but Paul says here, work out your own salvation. Now, I do believe this is where many of us get in trouble. Because while the Great Commission is to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, to baptize them and to teach them, we cannot work out anybody else's salvation. <laughs> salvation has been, is, and will continue to be personal. I do have news for you. Nobody is riding anybody's coattails into heaven. At some point, each of us, all of us have to decide for ourselves what we're going to do with Jesus. You must confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. You must believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead and the Bible says you shall be saved. Can I tell you something? My mama went to church, won't save me. My daddy was a preacher, won't save me. Grandmama used to take me when I was a kid, won't save me. You've got to know him for yourself. 
Yeah, my mama told me about him. My daddy told me about him. Uh, Louise Lewis, Shirley Walter, Mama Veal, Kathy Haywood, Ruby Higgins, Lee Howard, Linda Guy, they all told me about him in Sunday school, in Baptist Training Union over at Mount Olive. Miss Madonna Hopkins told me about him in Bible study when I was a teenager. Betty Hill told me about him. But I'm glad that one Sunday morning I said, yes, I want to know him for myself. And now... Now, I know him for myself. And when you know Jesus for yourself, you can work out your own salvation without trying to figure out everybody else's. Trying to determine whether or not somebody else is right. Get you right. <laughs> trying to figure out if somebody else is saved. Make sure you're saved. Trying to judge somebody else's life. Judge your own life. Trying to get the splinter out of somebody else's eye. Get the beam out of yours. Work out <laughs> your own. Salvation. Y'all know what Matthew 7 says. In the same way you judge others, you'll be judged. With the same measure you use, it'll be used to you. This salvation is, first of all, powerful. But then it's personal. But then finally, Paul writes about a practical salvation. It is, it's practical. He says, this salvation can be worked out. Now, don't get confused. Our salvation is complete. I'm almost done. Our salvation is complete. Jesus did all the work for salvation. That's why he said, it is finished. Paul doesn't say here, work for salvation. No, he doesn't say work at salvation. He says work out salvation. The phrase used here in the original text literally means to do that from which something results. In other words, because you're saved, there are some works that should follow. I'm going to say it again. He says, work out salvation. The phrase means literally to do that from which something results. In other words, because you're saved, there are some works that should follow. New Living Translation puts it like this. Work hard to show the results of your salvation. I know you get tired of me saying what the old saints used to say. But they used to say it like this. If you've been born again, you ought to show some sign. Now, where we messed up in organized religion is that we started putting emphasis on the rules. Trying to make people do certain things. 
That's how we got bogged down in legalism. We thought if we made enough rules that we could make people live saved. And so we started a list of rules. Women can't wear pants in the church. You can't play cards. You can't dance. You can't listen to this or that. You can't walk across the pulpit. You can't touch the table. You can't do this. And you can't do that. But that's not how salvation works. And so what we made was churches full of actors. who know how to play the role and when to do, what to do, how to do it. Until the lights go out and nobody's watching. Somebody shout, that's not how salvation works. Salvation is not outside in. Salvation is inside out. It's where there is someone who's on the inside. Hallelujah to your name. Working on the outside who brings about a change in our lives. Our salvation is a practical salvation. Paul says, work it out activate it, mobilize it, move on it, live by it in obedience to the word of God. Our salvation ought to be evident in our everyday lives, brothers and sisters. The way we live ought to say we're saved. The way we give ought to say we're saved. The way we treat other people ought to say we're saved. How we drive ought to say we're saved how we react when we're attacked ought to say we're saved how we treat our spouses and our children ought to say we're saved how we interact with people that we don't have everything in common with ought to say we're saved when we show up on time for work it's cause we're saved when we do our job while we're there it ought to say we're saved when we don't steal the paper and the pens and the paper clips it ought to say we're listen what we post online ought to say we're saved what we watch when nobody's looking ought to say we're saved Not because somebody's standing over us with a list of rules to say you better not, but because the Holy Ghost is on the inside of us. Oh God, I'm, I'm so, I promise when I was writing this, it didn't sound so fussy, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> but would you look at somebody and tell them I don't need you to make me do right that's the Holy Ghost job let me close 
I don't, I don't, I don't need your rules and you can keep your regulations. I've got a God <laughs> and he lives on the inside of me. And the Bible says he works in me both to will and to do his good pleasure. Salvation is an inside job. It's not outside in, but it's inside out. And I don't know about you, but I'm glad he saved me. He filled me with the Holy Ghost. And I know you get tired of me saying it, but I love the old hymns. And Lucy Campbell said it like this. There's something within me that holdeth the reins. There's something within me that banishes pain. Something within me I cannot explain. All that I know is there's something within Is there anybody here who's just glad to be saved? Is there anybody here who's grateful to be saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost? Is there anybody who's watching online who knows you're saved, who's glad to be sanctified, who's grateful to be filled with the Holy Ghost? I'm saved! And I'm glad about it. Would you look at somebody and tell them you don't know like I know what the Lord has done for me? Did he pick you up? Did he turn your life around? Did he place your feet on solid ground? I'm saved and I know I'm saved. I used to hear my daddy say it. He said it like this. One thing I know. I've been born again. One thing I know. been born again if I can't say a word I'll just wave my hand if I can't say one word I just wave my hand.
It's a powerful salvation. It's a powerful salvation. It's a personal salvation. And it's practical. take my charismatic card but I wouldn't have a religion I couldn't feel sometimes I wouldn't have a religion that I could feel sometimes What do you know about Jesus? He's all right with me. What do you know about Jesus? Oh! Oh! He's all right. He's all right. He's all right. Hey! He's all right. He's all right with me. trying to say what Paul says we do have a salvation that can be worked out and I want listen I want to break the stereotype I don't pastor everybody, I pastor Mount Calvary. I want us to break the stereotype that church people are just hypocrites who say one thing and live another and who have a list of rules for everybody else and do whatever they want to do. I want us to break that because Paul says our salvation is, it is powerful, powerful enough to make us new. It is personal. We had to confess ourselves, but it is also practical. And we ought to live out who we say we are. Oh, pastor, that's, that sounds good, but you know we're human. Yeah, I know that you're human filled with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us. 
and he's not there just so we can have good church that is not his purpose I don't want to get in trouble but he probably doesn't care if we dance and shout and roll around on the floor and speak in tongues and all that he it listen it is pro I don't want to get in trouble God if I'm not supposed to say it just wipe it from their memories but listen I cannot guarantee that it's at the top of his priority list Jesus said this you go and wait and you're going to receive some power after the Holy Ghost comes upon you he's going to give you power to be witnesses did you hear did you hear what he said power to be witness not power to do witnessing that's one of the reasons, and I don't mean any harm to any church that does it or to the Jehovah's Witnesses. That's one of the reasons why going around knocking on doors is not very effective because the Holy Ghost didn't come so we could have power to do witnessing. If it worked, the Jehovah's Witness would be the largest religion in the world. He said, the Holy Ghost is going to come and I'm going to give you power to be witnesses so that even if you never open up your mouth your life is a witness your testimony people who knew you when and then see you now that's the witness that's the witness they'll follow you back I need some of what you got y'all get it I'm done alright Let me tell you the good news of how he did it. Check this out. God loved the world. That's everybody without any exceptions. He loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son. That's Jesus Christ. That whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but so that the world through him might be saved that's good news here's what the bible says confess with your mouth that jesus is lord let me come down there believe in your heart that god raised him from the dead the bible says you shall be saved so the good news is he's still saving He's still powerful enough to pull you out of whatever you're in. Pastor, let me get some stuff straight. Let me take care of some stuff in my life, and then I'll come. Listen, if you could get it straight, you wouldn't need a Savior. Everybody in here who is saved had to come through the same blood of Jesus Christ. Everybody, all of us have a story. But thank God for the blood of Jesus. If you're here and you're not sure you're saved, you're not sure where you're going to spend eternity, would you raise your hand? If you're here and you're not sure you're saved, raise your hand right where you are.
you're not sure that you're saved listen everybody is going to spend eternity somewhere but you can know that you're going to spend yours with Jesus Christ if you're here and you're not sure you're saved would you raise your hand so I can see you I want you to come down we want to tell you how you can be saved today if you're watching online you're in the e-congregation this morning you can be saved today put it in the chat send us a direct message tell us you want to give your heart to Christ somebody's monitoring it right now they'll reach out to you shortly and tell you how you can be saved confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead the Bible says you shall be saved that's the first call if you're not sure you're saved second call is this you already know you're saved you know where you're going to spend eternity but you know the Lord wants you here in this place as your church home if that's you would you come if you know the Lord wants you here come now if you're online you're worshiping in the e-congregation you know the Lord wants you to be a part of the Mount Calvary family put it in the chat send us a direct message We'll reach out to you shortly and tell you how you can become a part of the Mount Calvary family. Those two calls. Please don't miss it. If you're not sure you're saved or if you know the Lord wants you here, come now. If you want somebody to walk with you, they will. We just don't want you to miss the opportunity. Come now. The saints are praying for you. Come on, testify while we're waiting. I don't. I don't feel no. From where I started. Nobody told me. Don't believe he brought me this to leave me. Come on, if you're not sure you're saved, come now, come now. I don't. I've come too far, too far from where I started. Nobody told me You know you're supposed to be here Come on, come on
just don't believe it that he would bring me this far to leave me. Just one more time, say that. I just can't give up now. I just I've come too far from where I Nobody told me I don't believe to leave me I'm sorry but we do need to do it one more time I just can't give up now do that again say it I just can't give up now I just can't Come on, say it again. I just can't hear, I just can't. Say it till you can hear yourself saying it. Say it till you believe it. Say it again, I just can't give up now. Because I've come too far. I've come from where I started. Nobody told me that the road would be I don't believe. I don't believe. I don't believe I don't believe he brought me this far Has he brought you through anything? Has he brought you over anything? I don't believe I don't believe he's brought me this You just can't make me believe it for every mountain he brought me this he brought me over for every trial that he brought me through I just don't believe hallelujah I just don't believe it to leave me
you're still here out of everything out of everything you've been through you're still here and I guarantee he didn't keep you this far to leave you now what you thought you wouldn't survive you have You know your name, you know who you are, you know where you are. You thought it would drive you crazy, it didn't. <laughs> what they meant for evil, the Lord meant for good. If you belong to one of these children, if you belong to one of these children, would you make your way back to Children's Church? They have indicated that they want to make Jesus the Lord of their lives. Denver Hill. I think I'm, I hope I'm saying this right. Carlia Moyer. Landon O'Neill. <laughs> Harmony Smith Carlin Bodie and Angel V <laughs> oh Car Carlia got it yes ma'am and Angel Veal Yep, let me give you this mic before I get carried away, sir. You come on. Pastor thought that it was... Pastor thought that it was a better idea to give me the mic than him. But the truth is, I know when the clock hits 12, we ready to go. But the Bible says that when somebody gives their life to Christ, the angels in heaven rejoice. No, stop. And, and I'll be honest, I love God, but I... I I sometimes hate the church because how can the angels in heaven rejoice and they watching from above and you just hear six names get called out not on the news but in the church and y'all sitting there stiff if the heavens gonna rejoice we might as well just help them out for a little bit don't y'all think the names didn't get called at the house of weed the names didn't get called at Thomas. They got called right here in the church. And so my question is, what is your response going to be? Yes. 
I, I think we got too bougie for ourselves, I'll be honest with y'all. You thought you was something because you got a three-piece suit. You thought you was somebody because you got your hair done. Let me tell you this, scoot in. You not too cute to praise. Yeah, you not. I know we ready to go. I'm ready to go. But pastor yelled out six children's names, not for you to come to their funeral on Friday, but for you to see them baptized on Sunday and y'all sitting there stiff. I, it's just got odd to me. Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let me give y'all the Christology version of that. If you've been through something, you should sound like something. We, we done got too cute. It's 12 o'clock. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to watch my game. I'm ready to eat. But my thing is this. God didn't put your grace on no timer. So stop putting his praise on one, all right? It's irritating. I'll be honest. Somebody got a... I was sitting over there and pastor came out to the pulpit. Stop playing. Pastor came out to the pulpit and everybody in here stood because we were in our pastor's presence. But God's presence was here before and all y'all was sitting on y'all's tail. We done got too cute. And so I tell y'all this, I'm not the pastor, but if you want to be cute, do us a favor. Stay home. It shouldn't have to take all of that. It shouldn't. God has been too good. Do you hear me? How do I know God has been good? Because you're here. You know what foot is your left. You know which one is your right. He kept you. It's taking too much for, to make y'all feel good. The sanctuary choir ain't singing. I don't want to hear all that bump, bump. The organ too loud. They got the mic too. So what? We forgot what we should be praising for. Let's move on. Our worship has not stopped. We will continue in giving. There are many reasons why we give here at the Mount Calvary Church. It's not so that pastor can get a new helicopter. It's not so he can get a new fur coat. Listen, we give because God has given to us. And it's just right that we give back to him what he's given to us. And we give through many different ways. That's our tithe. That's the 10% that belongs back to God, the Bible says. Us giving him a tenth of what he's given to us. We give through offering. That's just what we so happen, whatever God puts on our heart to add to it. We give to benevolence. That is to help those in need. And then we give to the building fund so that we can be more than just this one building here. God has called us to be a church of many buildings so that we can be the neighborhood that God needs us to be. Let me say this, every time somebody gets up here, they say, we need to get that building built between, before Mother Winston passes. And Mother Winston is my grandma, but the truth of the matter is if God said we gonna build it, it don't matter if she alive or not. It has to come to pass because what he says happens. So let's not build it just so she can see it. Let's build it because he called us to build it. Do y'all hear me? We can give through many ways. That's text to give. The number is um, whatever is on the screen because I can't read back there. Um, our cash app is dollar sign M-T-C-A-L-M-B-C. Or you can give on Givelify. That's tap. You give and you're done. Or maybe you're really traditional 
and you wrote your check out on Thursday and put it in an envelope and got it in your pocket now next to them mints and butterscotches, you can give it to the ushers on your way out the door, or the deacons, I'm sorry. Um, Brother Sanford, you were supposed to remind me of something, and I forgot already. What was it? R who? R Lambo, are you here? Flambo, R Flambo, are you here? All right, is there anybody who submits their offering and you just write Nancy? That's nobody? Well, if that's you, you need to see Deacon Sandifer. He's back there. Deacon, scoot back so they can see you. Wave your hand. All right. You need to see him. The truth of the matter is, yes, we're glad and we're grateful that you're giving, um, but we cannot give you credit for your giving if you write your nickname. We cannot give you credit for your giving if you write your first name and no last name. We can't give you giving if you just put two initials. We don't know who you are, and you are special, but we, we just don't know you that well. And so Deke needs to get with you so that we can give you credit for what you're doing in this part of God's church. If there's nothing else, well, let us stand. Do me a favor. As we get ready to go, look to somebody to your left or to your right um, and tell them next week when you get here, leave that other stuff in the parking lot. All right? We got to come in and fight through the whole week of work just to praise. We got to fight through whatever your baby daddy just texted you before you came in. It's a lot of stuff you got to deal with, and I know you do. But don't let God have to work through so much just for you to praise him, all right? Let's go. God, we thank you for just another opportunity to worship you. We thank you not for our houses, our cars, or our land. But God, this morning we're just grateful that we're saved. It feels good to be saved. So God, thank you what you did in this place. Protect your people as they go to their numerous destinations. Cover them to Miss Week and identify them to anybody that they come into contact with that they are your people and they are saved. Not in anything that they say, but in the way that they live. God, we're grateful for the Holy Spirit and for what you've given them to us for, not so that we can shout and dance, but so that we can live right. We're grateful. Now keep your hands on your people. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before his presence with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Let all the saints who agree together say amen. Amen. Thank you.